0: All right. Steel mangoes. No. Let's, oh, no. No? Stale mangoes? No. Okay. Stale magnolias. No. Steel magnolias? That's right. S-T-E-A-L. No. No? Not steel the magnolias. Okay. <laughs> stale magnolias. No. Okay. Stale mangoes. <laughs> Mangolias? No. Like mangoes? <laughs> Mangolia? Steak mongolias. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> uh, oh no. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like that either. And I'm sorry I said it. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming where we're pleasant. Damn it. I'm Ross (laughs) and this week we are talking about one of my cherished favorite films The 1989 film adaptation of Robert Harling's play, Steel Magnolias. Hi, everybody. (laughs) It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. This is a fave. This is a fave. Yeah, I just, I love this movie so much. This is one of those comfort movies I return to when I'm having a bad day. It is half super fun and half super not. Yeah, because like you get the giggles and the laughs and then you get the emotional catharsis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at kick and stream. K-I-C. K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And please don't forget, folks, practice the three R's this March. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join this little watch party. Come hang out with the ladies. Come listen about the ladies. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to go check out the Patreon. Guys, there's never been a better time to give us your money. For just $5 a month, you too can be a Little Onion contributor at the $5 level. It's over there waiting for you right now. There's never been a better time just click the link go ahead do it right now <laughs> pretty please and if you want access to our full catalog of main feed goodness you've gone over to our Podbean page it's every episode we've ever released on main feed you get a custom rss link you can listen in any player of your choosing <laughs> i apologize in advance for the bad audio super early on uh... oh no yeah you're gonna have to forgive us on that one <laughs> we were new we were new we were babies here we go
1: I don't want to have to kill you. Don't you threaten me, Drum Eaton. Drum would never, ever point a gun at a lady. Your husband is a boil on the butt of humanity.
2: TriStar Pictures presents...
1: Well, this is it. You're finally rid of me.
2: Sally Field.
1: I think you'll be back every now and then.
2: Dolly Parton.
1: Louie brought his girlfriend home, and the nicest thing I can say about her is all of her tattoos are spelled correctly. I miss Ugh, oh, leave me alone.
2: Shirley McLean.
1: I'm not crazy, Melinda. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years.
2: Daryl Hannah.
1: Miss Trudy, I swear to you that my personal tragedy will not interfere with my ability to do good hair.
2: Olympia Dukakis.
1: Looks like two pigs. Fognanda like Blackett.
2: <laughs> Julia Roberts. I'm gonna make you very happy.
1: I want a child of my own. Your poor body has been through so much. Why would you deliberately do this to Your yourself? Diabetic's have healthy babies all the you time. You are special, Shelby.
2: Time <laughs> has made them close. <laughs> Life
1: have a baby. go get a doctor has
2: made them friends. <laughs> Steel Magnolias, the funniest movie that will ever make you cry.
0: Steel Magnolias tells the story of a bunch of women living in Louisiana mm-hmm. having a time. That's one way to put it. <laughs> having a time. Yeah, no. It's cuz obviously this month we are examining female relationships in film and this is definitely this is definitely one that is a must. Yeah, you know, like like all these women with these very different personalities and how they feed off of each other and how they affect each other's lives. And old biddy's in the beauty shop, gossip going nonstop. Yeah, sipping on pink lemonade. Uh uh-huh, huh. That's Eighteen right. years, just stop and walk away. <laughs> the Sarah Evans joke. Not me rocking out to that song when I was, like, seven. Yeah, I know. A seven-year-old little boy. I like, uh, it was such an early indicator. She put the suds in the bucket and the clothes hanging out on the line. Anyway. This is, this plot is very Louisiana. You know Harling's from the Deep South. He's from Alabama originally. Oh, he must have some amazing women in his life, I tell you. And no, it's based, uh, the character of Shelby. Mm-hmm. Shelby Eatonton.
1: Lachery. Yeah,
0: the, all the names it's so Louisiana. <laughs> like, all sweet tea and crawfish. Yeah, like uh, he this is based uh on the story of his sister. Oh, who passed away, Susan Harling Robinson, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, she died in 1985 from complications of type 1 diabetes. Oh, and he took all that pain and turned it right around into art, didn't he? Yeah, he used the love of women to heal. No. Yeah, good for you, Bob. I'm actually tearing up over here. Yeah, I know. Oh, Carrie? (laughs) Oh, earlier? Yeah. Before I came over here? Uh huh. When I was watching the movie. Yeah. Oh, Carrie. Oh, I know. Oh, that that Sally Field scene. Uh huh. Oh, M. Lynn. Is it M. Lynn or Melin? Melin. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what her full name is, if it's Marie Lynn or something else. I thought it would be like Emmeline, you know, like Emmeline uh, or like Emlyn. I don't know. And you know what, guys? Uh, Carrie-Anne, there's a reason why you like Robert Harling content. Oh, really? And I can't believe we missed this last week. Really? Carrie, he wrote The First Wives Club. No, he didn't! And we completely <gasps> sailed over that last week because, guys, we did First Wives Club last week. Oh, and my God. I did not mention the director or screenwriter and the screenwriter is Robert Harling. Oh, my God! <gasps> Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And Carrie, you're not you're not going to believe this. Oh, no. He wrote and directed Terms of Endearment, <gasps> and he wrote and directed The Evening Star. I love those movies. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I, when I read that, I was like, oh, my goodness. No wonder Carrie Ann loves them. Robert. Yeah, I know. I thanks, know. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Okay, y'all. This is a Herbert Ross film. Uh, he did Play It Again, Sam, oh. in 1972 funny lady in 1975 funny lady not funny girl yeah not funny girl funny lady <laughs> okay all right oh my gosh loose. oh okay herbert ross this was staged our hometown it was at one point yeah good old crazy lake acting company there in greenfield indiana it was a good show it was a good show it was really wild to see it on stage after i had loved the movie for so long yeah because obviously in the play the whole play takes place in the beauty shop And in the movie, we get all of the settings expanded on heavily. Absolutely, as well as a lot of the dialogue. Let's get to talking about some of these characters, huh? Oh, here we go, folks. You might have guessed it, but we've got names. Holy shit, a bunch of Oscar winners, if there ever was one. Oh my goodness. Portraying M. Lynn, -Lynn. Malin, Malin. I always want to call her M. Lynn. It's how it's spelled. It's M. Apostrophe Lynn. Malin, like Milady. M. Lynn. Okay. Mlyn Eatonton is portrayed by the one, the only, the incomparable. Sally Field. Sally Field, who just got a Lifetime Achievement Award? Yeah, for the SAG, yeah. Good her. Screen Actors Guild, oh my gosh. You know, she's got two Oscars. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that Sally Field, I love her so much. Uh, Guys, the Flying Nun. (laughs) Gidget, both from the 60s. Forrest Gump. Sybil. Oh, Sybil. We're gonna have to talk about Sybil someday, I think. Please welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming. She was with us when we covered Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, she was. Yes. Oh, that was ages ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Guys, Norma Ray. Uh, legally blonde, red, white, and blonde. I, we don't need it. <laughs> we don't need any of that. Hey. Uh, she's Mary Todd Lincoln in Lincoln, the Spielberg Lincoln. Oh, he's going to force me into that sometime soon. I can just feel it. And I, I love her in Maniac. Uh yeah. On Netflix. She's great in maniac. Where she's both the computer and the psychologist, like Oh man. I I know. What a great dual role. Mm-hmm playing um, Shelby Eatonton-Latchery. Please <clears> welcome <throat> her back to kicking and streaming. We have Julia Roberts. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. She's been with us several times. Absolutely. Um, she was with us when we did August Osage County. She was with us when we did Hook. She was with us when we did... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. My uh, Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, my God, yeah, My Best Friend's Wedding, and in Valentine's Day where she plays woman on plane. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Truvie Jones, hairstylist extraordinaire, we have, I believe, in her first kicking and streaming appearance. Dolly! 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 Mrs. Dolly, pardon. Oh, Dolly's my deity. I swear to god, Erin, if you're lying. I'm not, mommy. Swear it. <laughs> swear on Dolly! <laughs> We stand Dolly Parton on this podcast. High hair, great music, and oh my god, just the sweetest disposition. This woman is changing the world even at the ripe age of 77 years. Like, like the children's literacy program? That she paid for all of her employees at Dollywood to go to college? Like
3: yeah, I
0: I swear to God, Dolly, you were literally like, I don't believe in God. God sent you here, Dolly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, and she loves the Lord and she loves the gays. It's possible. It
3: is possible. Did you
0: know that it's possible? Uh, One of these days, we're going to have to do the best little whorehouse in Texas. I mean, we're going to nine to five? Nine to five? We're going to have to, we need to do more Dolly Parton content. Joyful Noise. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's one of the best selling country artists of all time. This woman used to power around with Reba in the early days with fucking Elvis Presley. Yeah. Like, my goodness. She's a royalty as far as I'm concerned. I just I can't, she's Miley Cyrus's godmother. I love it. I just <laughs> uh, Also, I get oh, I get my rocks off on of some late 80s early 90s Billy Ray. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Guys, playing Clary Belcher. What? <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm sorry. Could have
0: could have been better named. We have Olympia Dukakis in her first kicking and streaming appearance. I've literally only know Olympia Dukakis from this film. Mm-hmm. She's actually quite a successful actress. I just couldn't name anything else she'd ever been in. Isn't she in Moonstruck with Cher? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Joan she's of Arc and Tales of the City. Mm-hmm. And, which, I mean, I've never seen Tales of the City, but I honestly should have because you know who's in Tales of the City. Who? Laura Linney. Hi, uh,
3: hi, there we go. <laughs>
0: my, my wife, Laura Linney. Yep. Oh my goodness. And then, guys, playing Louisa Weezer Bordeaux, <laughs> we have the scintillating... Shirley MacLaine. I love how scintillating is always the word you use to describe, like, the the old... If the very highly valued female entertainer is scintillating, I'm gonna call her scintillating. Fair, fair, fair. Oh my goodness. You might know her as Warren Beatty's sister. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. No. She hates that, I bet. Like... Yeah, I hate being known as Ross's sister. Hey. (laughs) I have my own identity. Listen. Aren't you Ross's sister? No, no, no. no. See, that was me before it was ever you. (laughs) You're Carrie's little brother. Okay, so we got to take turns. I oh see. my God. Shirley MacLaine, she is Maggie Smith levels of acclaimed and accredited. Mm-hmm. A career that has lasted seven decades, not to mention being in Doubt Mabby Abbey with Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet Charity. I've never seen that. You've never seen Sweet Charity? No. What, the Trouble with Harry. Nope. The children's hour. Nope. Oh my God, Carrie. See, I'm more of a terms of endearment, Shirley McLean. Oh, yeah, terms of endearment. Yep, there or, we fucking go. She's or, also in The Evening Star. Yep, yeah. or The Apartment uh-huh. with uh, Jack, uh, Jack, uh, oh crap. Lemon? Jack Lemon, yeah, yeah ab- from, like, the 60s. Absolutely. And, guys, I mean, she, she welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming. She was with us when we did Valentine's Day. Yep. Where she played cheating grandma. Yeah. <laughs> cheating grandma. <laughs> oh, Shirley, we love you. And Shirley is the best part about this movie. She is, a Weezer actually. is the best character. I fancy myself a Weezer. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> like we said last week, we know who you are. Yeah, you're. Oh. I'm Weezer, and you're definitely Clary- I'm so sorry, okay, if we're gonna be the old biddies, then yes, I'll be Clary <laughs> and you could be Weezer. Good, I love it. I can't wait. <laughs> Carrie, there's too many people I know those are the main Magnolias, right yeah. those are the those are the Magnolias that are steel are all the characters I just mentioned um playing Shelby's father and Milan's husband drum. <laughs> Drum Eatonton. <laughs> the male names in this play are wild. We have Tom Skerritt. Skerritt to me sounds like some sort of shake drug that is really shitty and doesn't even get you high. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just a thought that I had. So out of pocket. Guys, M.A.S.H. Yeah. yeah was one of the most successful television shows of all time. M.A.S.H. That's with Alan Alda. <laughs> Alien. Top Gun. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Poltergeist 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also in Cheers. Mm-hmm. You go, Tom Skerritt. You're Kinda cute. <laughs> Ross is into late eighties Tom Skerritt. I mean, he's just like he's just kinda cute, you know. Like yeah. if I was some transient in the late eighties and he picked me up, I'd be okay with it, you know. <laughs> Ross, I'm sorry. Anyway, playing Spud Jones, Truvy's husband. We've got Sam Shepard. Welcome him back to kicking and streaming. He was with us when we covered August, August Osage, Osage County. County. Yeah, with a lot ju- of crossovers with Julia Roberts. Absolutely, guys. <laughs> Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming. Well, oh, here we go. As Jackson Latchery, Shelby's fiance and later husband. Mm. <laughs> Get to it! We've got Dylan McDermott here. Uh, not Dermot Mulroney. Not Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> D- Dylan McDermott. You guys will know Dylan McDermott from American Horror Story. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't get past it. He's also on Law & Order SVU and Organized Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm sorry. Yes, he has been with us before. He was with us when we covered the Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's Mr. <gasps> Kelmekas. He's, He's Charlie's the dad. dad. Yeah. Yeah. I was, gonna, I was gonna say. I know we've talked about him before. Oh my God. He was in 150 episodes of Ally McBeal. Yeah. Oh no. Sorry. That's the practice, not Ally McBeal. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Oh, he was on Will and Grace. You know he played one of Will's flings. Mm-hmm. You know he, You just know he did. <laughs> anyway, playing Sammy DeSoto. Which why. Um. <laughs> Sammy will go with a Nell eventually. Yeah. And uh, he's portrayed by Kevin J. O'Connor. You might know him from his time in space. Um, He looks like an alien. Uh, Oh, that's so rude. You said it first. Well, I didn't say it on the mic. Okay. (laughs) He was in The Mummy, Van Helsing, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. All right, guys. We absolutely must get to the content. We begin the narrative in Chicapin Parish, Louisiana. And when I tell you I am so happy I'm never going to have to try and spell that ever again. I know, I know. There's a Q in it. I know. <laughs> And it's a very idyllic, southern, slice-of-life sort of community, right? Things move a little bit slower down here in Louisiana. Yeah, like, we're in this little affluent neighborhood, and it's very nice. Little old women watering their plants. And we open on the day of a wedding, right? Is that whole first part on the same day? Yeah, it is, actually. That's insufferable. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. Because the Eatontons, Malin and Drum... What the fuck? Uh, I, who names What is your men? legal name, Mr. Eatonton? Like, do you think it says Drum Eatonton on his birth certificate? It certainly can't, right? <laughs> <laughs> they are marrying off their only daughter, Shelby, to an up-and-coming Louisiana lawyer named Jackson Latchery. Carrie. Who is eternally gorgeous. Gary. Are you okay? Do you need a towel? It's Dylan McDermott. Uh-huh. And it's 1989. Uh-huh. He's so... You. I, oh, I know i can't even with his fake little southern accent i know it's i mean hey Every. shout out to julia roberts <laughs> like uh, oh yeah speaking of julia roberts here comes shelby mm-hmm. shelby has decided to inconvenience everybody by getting married on easter sunday what the fuck <laughs> i know what is she doing i, I don't know it's the lord's day <laughs> Shelby is a nurse. She works in the maternity ward. She loves the color pink and being social. She wants to be a mother real bad herself one day. She's not being a bridezilla today, but she is being particularly annoying about her nail color. Yeah, it's not Southern Belle per se, but like- <laughs> It's in there. It's like Suburban Belle, mm-hmm. you know, like- <laughs> Suburban
1: Belle. <laughs> Mama! Three what?
2: more radios for you, Shelby. Right now,
1: Tommy. Mama! This nail polish is running way too dark. Practically pink, my foot. Looks like a stuffed pig bled all over my hand. And I'm sure I have something that will do. Oh, no. It has to be delicate. Shelby, if I don't have something, I will send one of your brothers down to get some delicate pink nail polish. Hey, Mothers. Jonathan, just a minute. Great idea, Mama. I'd love to see what the boys would pick out. If you hear gunfire in
0: the background of these clips... Yeah, T.W. It's because Drum and his sons, her brothers, are trying to scare the starlings out of the magnolia trees. Is that what they are? Yeah, I think... Starlings. I think they're starlings because they're making an awful lot of racket. And I was like, he's shooting this gun? And I'm like, okay, they're blanks. Yeah, they are blanks. But, yeah, he's trying to scare the birds out of the magnolia trees because the reception's going to be in their backyard. And we also meet Malin, Shelby's mother, who is a grief counselor. We learn pretty quick that Malin is carrying the entire weight of this wedding on her shoulders. Yeah, I know. Like, it's so funny. Like, drums out in the backyard, firing that gun. And every time he does, she jumps a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) It's
1: like talking to a brick wall. (laughs) He's trying to drive me crazy. It's too late. There must be a better way to get rid of those birds. Well, we could cut down all our trees or change the migratory patterns of the birds in North America. Take your pick.
0: Carry this house. I know. What? Drum? Where's it coming from? (laughs) Yeah. I want to know what you do. Where's it coming from? Because there's no way she's making good money grief counseling in 1989. There's just no way. I mean, Rosen Island didn't. Hey, (laughs) she was basically a retiree, you know, like... She had to live with three other women. You're right. Anyway, Shelby and Melinda don't have a contentious relationship. They love each other very much, but they are always kind of sparring and disagreeing with one another, like typical mother-daughter stuff. But playfully. Yeah, playfully. Playfully. It's all with love or... Southern passive aggression, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And now we go to the main location of the play. This is where all of the action of the play takes place. Yeah. Is at Truvy's beauty spot. What a name. I know. Which, what is that a diminutive of? Truvy? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. It's just like Trudy with a V. Yeah, I love it though. Mm -hmm. And we meet beautician Truvy Jones. She runs this beauty parlor out of a carport that her husband Spud refurbished for her so she could do hair Truvy's beauty spot yeah I love Truvy she's my favorite character is she? yeah and again I can't understate this enough she's married to a grown man named Spud Spud as in potato Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) he's got the emotional hide of a potato I'll tell you that you know what Spud backwards is (laughs) Dups. <laughs> <laughs> and Spud is an emotionally unavailable contractor.
1: Spud, get in here and finish dying these Easter eggs. I ran out of stuff. Well, that's why God invented the A&P. We're gonna work on the truck. No, you gotta get the lead out.
0: Yes, ma'am. I live to serve. She's got a grown son named Louie. Hey, Louie! He, yeah, uh, rocks- oh! Louis rides a motorcycle and wears earrings. Those late 80s blondes, they just do something (laughs) to me. Oh my god. Also, like, here's my thing. What is wrong with Spud? It's never expanded upon. Do you think he's just like a middle-aged man who's lost any interest in life. I think yeah, I think he's middle-aged and he feels inadequate and ineffectual in general. Because all of the Magnolias have their own personal struggles and I feel like this is Truvi's struggle is with Spud. Yeah. You know, he just has no passion for her or for doing anything with their lives together anymore. Yeah. You know and sometimes marriages hit that wall and they get revived in later life. But he's just not engaged, right? Yeah, not, yeah. not at the start of the story. On this day at Truvy's beauty spot, Truvy is interviewing a new stylist to work in her shop. Her name is Anel. Dupuis. Annelle Dupuis. It's like Dupree, but like you're saying it wrong.
1: Yeah. Are you Annelle? Oh, you sweet thing. Come on. Excuse me. And pick up my green dress at the cleaner. <laughs> Am I interrupting something? No, I'm just screaming at my husband. I can do that anytime.
0: Please, call me Truvy. Anel is very sweet and kind of bookish looking, very nervous, kind of clumsy. Daryl Hannah alien. Oh, stop. Sorry. And like, she's fresh out of the beauty trade school and she really wants, she needs a job real bad. So she's coming to Truvi for a job and Truvi is impressed with her work, like, and her skills. I love it when she's doing Truvy's hair and it's like higher than a Georgia pine. Well, you know she was number one in frosting and streaking, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love this for her. She's also new in town. She... <laughs> I'm new in town. <laughs> yep, I knew that reference was coming too. <laughs> I'm new in town. Yeah. She's new to Chickapin Parish, and uh, she's staying by herself in a boarding house across the river. And uh, she's, kind of, uh, she's kind of got this element to her where she's super elusive. Like, she won't answer questions with a lot of detail about who she is. She's Miley's favorite of the Magnolias. Yeah. And I, I love Anel. She's sweet. She's just all over the place. And yeah. like severely weird. It, it, hey, I can relate. I mean, that's <laughs> fine. I have at times been severely weird myself, but yeah, I don't know. She just doesn't give me a good vibe. <laughs> like if she was, like if she was, like, can I come if we were going to a party? We'd be like, um, all right. I know it's horrible. It's horrible for me to say. Of course she can come. Of course Anel can come. It's time to learn about one of our other Magnolias, Clary Belcher. Hi, Clary. The former first lady of Chinkapin Parish. She is the widow of the former mayor. That that was fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's very stylish, pleasant, cultured. She's one of those women over a certain age who likes to stay very active. Yeah. Right? She's still very involved in the community, even though her husband is deceased.
1: Annelle, I'd like to introduce you to the former first lady of Chinkapin. Miss Belcher. Clary, I'd like you to meet an elf. I'm a little embarrassed. I'm windblown. I've just been to the dedication of the new children's park. Yeah, how did that go? Beautifully. Except, Janice Van Meter got hit with a baseball. It was fabulous. Was she hurt? I doubt it. She got hit in the head.
0: Don't let her face fool you, though. She knows everything
1: oh yeah she knows everything about
0: everyone she loves to gossip like she'll say it later but i'm gonna say it now i love the line of hers where she's like if you don't have anything nice to say about someone come sit by me (laughs) clary (laughs) i love you Uh... and she's full of questions about Anel, like, for Truvy, like, but Truvy doesn't have any information. She just met Anel 45 minutes Um, ago. Yes. And besides,
1: I kind of like the idea of hiring somebody with a past. She can't be more than 18. She hasn't had time to have a past. Oh, get with it, Clary. This is the 80s. If you can achieve puberty, you can achieve a past. I kind of like the idea of hiring
0: someone with a past. It's like, she's barely 18. She can't possibly have a past. Your accent. It's very good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like... Oh, Clary, this is the 80s. If you can achieve puberty, you can achieve a past. You belong in this play. (laughs) You would do very well. I would. It I'm... doesn't matter which of the magnolias you were, <laughs> I think you'd knock it out of the park. Thank you. <laughs> very sweet. Shelby and Melin arrive at Truvies to get their hair done for the wedding and Clary is getting hers done too and Shelby is chit-chatting with all the magnolias about her intended Jackson. In her intended? Yeah, Listen no. to you. <laughs> Yeah, listen to me, by the way. I might slip in and out of a draw throughout this, and I'm really sorry about it. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. And you can see in the photography of this scene here that there are a lot of feelings between Malin and Shelby about her getting married, and starting a family with Jackson. And mm-hmm. we'll find out why in a few minutes, yeah. but they have definitely been arguing about this. And I love Shelby giving us the details about the wedding, like talking about the color scheme. What are her colors, Ross? Blush and bashful. <laughs> pink and pink, right? Yeah, yeah pink and pink. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, one, one very bright pink and one very deep pink. And yeah. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I just want to f- I, I I'm going to have an aneurysm <laughs> thinking about all that pink like and she has 9 bridesmaids Nine bridesmaids! What the fuck? Boy, it must be nice to have all that money. And all those cousins. My good grief. And we're talking about all this pageantry, and Shelby almost gives her mother a heart attack because she tells the ladies that the night before, she and Jackson had a fight and told him she wouldn't marry him. Yeah. And we're about to find out why. Because while we're talking about crab claws, Shelby is becoming visibly uncomfy in her chair, right? Yeah. She's sweating, she's starting to tremor a little bit. Here comes the fucking problem. Yup.
1: Shelby? Shelby! Milan! Get some juice. Truvy, there's some candy in my purse. I have some and they all see it happening
0: and all the ladies except for Renelle jump into action. Claire goes and gets a glass of juice and Malin is trying to get her to drink it because she's a diabetic. Not just any diabetic. Type 1 diabetic. Which is like kind of bad right type 1 diabetes is really bad okay type 1 diabetes is diabetes you are born with oh dear type 2 is diagnosed it's the type that you get you develop okay yeah all right and you you can live with type 2 diabetes with a relative amount of insulin treatment type 1 diabetes can just fuck you up, like... Yeah, and Shelby's been dealing with this, like you said, her whole life. It's, yeah. it's already taken a huge toll on her. Mm-hmm. And she's behaving really irrationally, but that's what happens. She's mad. She's angry. She's mad that she has to be handled yeah. in this moment. She doesn't like it. And and, and Melin is just trying to... I, I love the very... Because obviously we're examining female relationships. I love the mother-daughter dynamic here. Mm -hmm. You know, like she's just like, you're going to drink this juice. Like, I feel so bad for Shelby. Don't talk about me like I'm not here. Yeah. Because they're explaining it to Annelle, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening. She's having an insulin attack.
1: This one hit her fast. She's been so upset lately. Dr. Mitchell told her on her last appointment. don't talk about me like i'm not here <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh she's making some sense now yes she is and that's when it comes out
0: that they've learned very recently at one of her doctor's appointments That she should not be having children. Yeah, it is not advisable for her to carry a baby. It will take a huge toll on her body. Yeah, yeah, just her vital organs. Yeah. Which I don't understand the medicine or the science behind that, Mm -mm. but like... It, uh, look it up, I guess. Like, <laughs> And that's the reason she and Jackson fought about getting married, because he really wants kids. And she does not want to deny him them. Yeah. And I... oh, this makes me so sad. I think this is some of Julia Roberts' best acting. Yeah, she does a really good job. This is also baby Julia Roberts. Like, I don't know if this is her first film, but it's one of.
3: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: I kind of pick on her because I think she's the female George Clooney. She just always plays herself in everything. Hey, but I. Re- <laughs> she gives some great performances. Yeah, I really like her performance in this movie. Time to talk about another Magnolia, my favorite Magnolia, Wiza Boudreaux. Yeah. She's the Eaton's oh. next. Is it Boudro? It is. Not Bordeaux? Like the grape? Yeah. Okay, Boudreaux. She's the Eatonton's next door neighbor, right? Yeah. And she lives right next door. And again, Weezer is a mood throughout this whole movie.
1: This is it. I have found it. I am in hell. Good morning, Weezer. Don't try to get on my good side, Truvy. I no longer have one. Come here, Rip. You're a little early, ain't you? That is precisely why I'm here. I've got to talk to Malin about her husband. He is a boil on the butt
0: of humanity. Weezer is rich. She is prickly. She's the sort of older lady who wears overalls with a fur coat. Yeah. Can you imagine something more me? She just, yeah, no. (laughs) She hates Drum Eatonton. Yeah, Malin's husband. She is here to complain to Malin about Drum's antics throughout the day. Well, he's shooting blanks. Making her dog go crazy. Her dog named Rhett. After Rep. Butler. And you know, you know that's what it is. Oh, like, gross. come on. And I love that Clarie and Weezer are like kind of a little twosome because Weezer doesn't have a lot of friends because she, she just has more money than God, yeah, right? She's just so unpleasant. And Clarie likes being friends with her because she's fun to pester. And Clarie isn't the only one who thinks so because it's one of Drum's favorite pastimes as well. I yeah. Pestering no. Weezer. I'm sorry. Like I know there's the whole like Owen Jenkins element to Weezer's. A story. You think there's some heat between her and Drum? I think there's tension uh-huh. between Drum and Weezer. I, I know th- that Weezer is older than Drum but like... I think he just has fun irritating the piss out of her. I don't know. Like, I she- feel like there's some actual tension there. But that's just me. I'm projecting. Anyway. Weezer is early to the hair appointment to complain to Malin about Drum's behavior and I just... When she sets eyes on Anel... And she's like an apex predator, they, right? This was unnecessary. Yeah, the way she is, the way she is, literally dissecting her with her eyes. Because she knows everyone in this town. She doesn't know who Anel is. Yeah, she's like mm, stranger. I mm, haven't seen you before. Mm. And then begins interrogating what? her. She's a suspect in a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's from? What's her husband's name? And she absolutely terrifies an- Anel into bringing it all out. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. She's just met these women, right? And she wants to make good impressions. But no, now we're gonna get Anel's tragic backstory.
1: Everything is horrible. Bunky, that's my husband. He just vanished last week. He took all the money, my jewelry, the car, most of my clothes were in the trunk. He's in big trouble with the law. Uh-huh. Drugs or something. Police keep questioning me, but I don't know anything. They say that our marriage may not be legal.
0: Listen, my husband, Bunky.
1: His name is Bunky.
0: I don't know if we're actually married. He's a bigamist. He's in trouble with the law, (laughs) like drugs or something. I, you know, lost. He took my car, all my money. I have to live in a boarding house across the river. It can't get any worse. Of course it can, (laughs) says Weezer. Oh, my God. She didn't want to tell anybody any of this because she was scared Truvy wouldn't give her a job. Which, I mean, I get it. But, like... But of course, Truvy doesn't care. She knows Anel's good at what she does. And beautiful, generous Shelby. I love Shelby in this moment because she can tell that Anel is new and wants her to have a good time, right? So she invites her to the wedding reception. Shelby, you're gold. Yeah. Mm. Stay gold, pony boy. Mm. Meanwhile, because Malin has hidden Drum's gun from him, Drum and- <laughs> That scene where she comes down the stairs dur- during wedding prep and takes his pistol and puts it in a drawer. <laughs> Under some papers. Yeah. Drum and Shelby's idiot brothers have started strapping firecrackers- Carrie? To arrows? This? <laughs> And are using a crossbow to fire the firecrackers into the trees? Is insane. It, it's insane. This is why men don't live as long. That's all I'm saying. You'll get up to some foolishness. And they- well, l- he, he blasted his eardrum. I know. He can't hear. <laughs> it's his <laughs> daughter's wedding day. Yeah. They light those firecrackers and they set the tree on fire. What the hell
3: is that? <laughs>
0: what the- the dog breaks free from his leash and takes off towards the noise with Weezer, Malin, and Shelby all chasing him. Kill, Rick! kill! <laughs> <laughs> we, I love how chaotic it was in that moment and then we cut immediately to the wedding. This whole wedding sequence, I think, is a lot of fun. Yeah? It might be the best part of the movie, to be quite honest. I mean, the best parts of the movie are with all the Magnolias, of course. But, Mm -hmm. like, outside of all of that, I love the wedding sequence. Oh, it is a southern wedding in the 80s. My God. Um, guys, just the way people thought how they looked was status. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like... (laughs) <laughs> all the big hair with the southern belle sun hats on all of the opaque tones yeah and the 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 pearly tones and the i don't even know carrie the, like the entire sanctuary is decked out in pink the bridesmaids dresses are hideous yeah they're absolutely hideous And at the reception, we see Malin dancing with Jackson, and she's trying to prepare him for literal disaster in marriage to her daughter because she doesn't want them to have kids because it could be rough on Shelby's diabetic system. Yeah, this is his wedding day, and he's just trying to have a good time with his mother-in-law. Yeah, and she's, like, bringing the mood down. She's like, can we be serious? And I'm like, Sally, (laughs) Malin.
1: Shelby is so happy. I know when you're young, it seems like everything will always be perfect. Maybe it will be. Promise me you'll think about it before you make any big decisions about family.
3: Melanne, I know what you're saying.
1: This is also
0: at the reception where Anel meets Sammy the bartender for the first time. All right. Yeah, I know. It's such a throwaway arc <laughs> of the entire film. like Anel it, and Sammy? Yeah, like because like we obviously are gonna get some time jumps in this movie after the wedding Mm -hmm. but like we never get any type of establishment in other magnolia arcs so i know uh, anyway sammy's very nice he's very sweet he thinks she's very cute he makes her a cherry coke (laughs) when he's like it's everything's free so are you
2: a friend of the bride or the groom
1: neither shelby invited me i don't know why i'm here
2: I'm Sammy, and this here is the best cherry Coke in the history of the world.
0: <laughs> Listen to me. If- I also would have asked for a cherry yeah, Coke. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> what I was getting ready to say. I was like, you want that cute boy to make you a cherry Coke. And it did look good. Yeah, baby. I, I bet it tasted amazing. He made it with syrup. And an actual cherry. Oh, I kind of love this song, though. This song that's playing while they're dancing. About... Pick a guitar, fill a fruit jar and be gayo down on the bayou. And this is Louisiana and they're crawfish coming out of the, <laughs> coming out of the creek to dance around and like <laughs> like it's Mary Poppins. If this was Judge Trudy in Louisiana, caught Dismissed, bring in the dancing crawfish.
3: a <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: gonna see my of meal. Pick and the top, Go have fun
0: on so Shelby and Jackson go off on their honeymoon her brothers have covered the car and condoms very nice not to mention the groomsman. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bad mm, that you're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I'd not the Confederate Army caps. Ew. There's a there's one of them that's dressed entirely in a Confederate soldier's garb. Get, get bet, honestly. Like, literally, like fuck the Confederacy. And everybody's very happy. Malin and Drum are real happy because that's their baby girl, right? Yeah. Like, what a really nice day. And like Ross pointed out, it's going to kind of be a little downhill from here. Yeah, I know. The wedding reception is like a V high point. And everything's just going to kind of slowly get worse. And we're going to have to sit here and watch it like a slow motion car crash. And that's fine. It is a film. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we're here. (laughs) Yeah. We jump forward in time to Christmas. Christmas. I love how in the South they have to go crazy with the decorations at Christmas time, with the lights and everything, because there's never any snow. Not that deep. No, so you have to like compensate for how not Christmassy it looks down here. It's just a weird part of the world. In Louisiana, you can be, you know. The senator from Louisiana, but you can also have a diaper fetish. Like, oh, my. It is possible. Well, I think that's possible anywhere in America, but uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Truvi and Anel are at the uh, Chickapin Christmas Festival, literally serving people shrimp, corn, and potatoes out of a fucking trough. I just... (laughs) They just put it all together. They just put it all together. They they don't mind. And, like, Truvy's got this gigantic scoop and is just dumping food into baskets and handing it out. I mean, that style of dining is not uncommon here. Oh, of course not. In the Midwest, but, like... It's just... There's a charm to it that I adore. Okay. We also have to talk about how a looks really different. Carrie, when I tell you that I didn't know it was a Nell... Uh-huh. Like... Even when I was younger, uh-huh. I thought it was a different character. Yeah, and you had no questions about and what I'm, happened to Annel. And, and I'm watching it this time. I haven't seen it in a long time, obviously. And I'm watching it this time and I'm like, that's fucking Annel." Yeah. Like, her hair is crazy, and she hasn't got her glasses on. Yeah, this is like the girl makeover movie after the makeover. You affording contact lenses in 1989 with no insurance working as a hairstylist. Yeah, she's ditched the glasses, her hair's bigger and poofier, and she's wearing hot pants and chewing on gum. After they finally put
1: the Dupuy behind bars and I was rid of him, I went wild. I was running around, drinking, smoking, jazz a Fan. <laughs> Truvi helped me see the error of my ways. She gave me a place to live. Now I go to church. I've done guest lectures on beauty at the trade school. Our little Anel here has become one of the hottest tickets in town. Oh, truly
0: She's kind of gone wild to hear her tell it. Yeah. I think Truby's rubbing off on her a little bit. A little bit. And she's come out of her shell a lot. She's not nearly as shy and nervous as she used to be. And she's also dating Sammy the bartender. Oh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. (laughs) Yeah, Sammy will continue to get the brunt of Anel's nonsense throughout the rest of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate after that scene, because that's such a fun scene, right? Yeah. I hate after that, watching Truvy go home and try to get blood from the stone that is Spud. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's feeling sorry for himself because he's been underbid for a contractor's job. Is that all it is? Yeah. I'm telling you, that's all it is. Oh, bigger. There are bigger problems, Spud. Like, she's got a picnic basket full of fried chicken made by good Christian women and she has a bottle of wine and wants to have a picnic with him to watch the fireworks but he would rather just sit there, sulk and smoke in bed. I am happy where I'm at.
1: Okay. And I'm like, okay. Oh, come on, Spud. I don't want to miss the nativity made entirely out of sparklers.
2: I don't feel much like
1: it. Well, you will once we get there.
2: I'm happy where I am.
1: Spud. We always watch the fireworks.
0: Shelby is at home with her mother talking about going Christmas shopping the next day. And this is where another plot point rears its ugly head. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, this is where Shelby thinks it's going to be a super happy occasion to tell her mother that she is pregnant. Oh, Shelby, Shelby, Uh Shelby. And I'm like, wow, that was fast. They got married in April, and she's already pregnant. Listen. What? I get it. Yeah? I get it. Like, she wants... Obviously, Melin is not happy about this. This is not necessarily a good thing for her to be doing with her body. It is her body. mm -hmm. It is her choice. Absolutely. But every medical professional who's passed eyes over her has told her this is not a good idea. This will cause immense detriment to your body. Mm -hmm. You already have a hard enough time surviving on your own. Let's go ahead and put another person inside of you that needs to live off of you for the better part of a year.
1: What does Jackson say about all this? He is so excited. He says he doesn't care whether it's a boy or a girl, but I know he really wants a son so bad he could taste it. He's really cute about the whole thing. It's all he can talk about. Jackson, Latre Jr. Does he ever listen? I mean, when doctors and specialists give you advice, does he listen? I know you never do. Does he?
0: And like you said, Malin's furious. She's like, what about adoption? And Shelby says, no judge is going to give a baby to a chronically ill woman. I mean, (sighs) I get it. It's bullshit, but, and you know, she's like, you know, there are plenty of... You know, children that are born from diabetics who are perfectly healthy, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But Malin's just not hearing it, you know? She thinks that, like, it's like you tell someone over and over again, don't do that. hmm Or it's not wise to do that. And then they do it. <laughs> yeah. And you you feel crazy. <laughs> yep. You know? And this must be difficult for Shelby because this is really a time when you need your mother. Yeah. You need her love and support. But Malin is not supporting the decision. No, she is so pissed off. You are special, Shelby. There are limits to what you can do. That was not the right way to say that, Malin. Uh, Oh, no. There's uh, not limits to what you can do. Just safeguards you should hold dear you Mm, know like something along those lines or some bullshit like that you know and this is oh shelby gets real
1: personal you're jealous because you no longer have a say so in what i do and that drives you up the wall you're ready to spit nails because you can't call the shots Uh, 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 (laughs) what she just said to sally field (laughs) Oh
0: my Oh my gosh. And like, listen. I've seen Sally Field devolve. You don't want it. Oh no. Absolutely <laughs> not. We'll get to see it later. Yeah. Yeah, oh Jesus.
1: Please. Please. I need your support. I would rather have 30 minutes of wonderful than a lifetime of nothing special.
0: I would rather have 30 minutes of wonderful then a lifetime and nothing special. I love that line. I know. And then Malin just storms away. Yeah. It's like, and I get it. She's scared for her kid. Mm-hmm. That's her only daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh god. Everybody's mad. Nobody's right moving on. Now we're back at Truvies and all the Magnolias are here and this, I love this scene because this is the scene where Shelby is literally trying to get Weezer laid. Which I'm <laughs> that's good of you Shelby truly but like because what? Shelby and Jackson are going to church where they live with a man named Owen Jenkins who used to know Weezer back in the day. They dated quite a bit mm-hmm. and like <laughs> Shelby's trying to set them up on a date. It's so funny and Weezer will not hear it. She's like, I managed to marry two of the most worthless
1: men and give birth to the most ungrateful children in the wide world. <laughs> the only reason people are nice to me is because I have more money than God. Now, I'm not about to open a new can of worms. Weezer. What? If this is really how you feel it and healthy, maybe you should think about coming down to the guidance center and talking to someone with their help. I'm not crazy, Malin. I've just been in a very bad mood for forty years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mood, big oh old mood. Oh my God! I'm gonna
0: be her when I'm old. There's no getting around it. I. <laughs> There's absolutely no I getting around protest. it. I <laughs> protest. Please no. And we cut to the Eatontons Christmas party. And Shelby has invited Owen to the party. He's so awkward. (laughs) He's so cute. He's so short. He's got, like, no hair left. He's wearing an adorable little gray suit. He's from Ohio.
1: Yeah, I know. Hell, Owen Jenkins. Hello, Louisa. Remember me? My God, you look different. you shrunk. You look terrific. You've hardly changed at all. I'm not as sweet as I used to be.
0: And listen, it is kind of hard for me to be mad at Shelby for doing this to Weezer because that is the general nature of Shelby's spirit. She loves to bring people together, (laughs) right? And make them happy. I know. It's going to come back to hurt us. And speaking of bringing people together... Drum gathers everyone at the party up. Oh, yikes! And tells the entire party. Drum quit firing that gun! <laughs> He's gonna do it again! Yeah, I know. Uh, just in a different way.
1: Today, my daughter told me a big secret. Daddy? Nah, no, no, don't worry, honey. I'm not gonna tell him you're pregnant. I'm just gonna tell him. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell him I'm gonna
0: be a granddaddy. <laughs> And there's all this squealing and celebration. But Malin is shitty. Yeah. She she takes her wine glass and goes in the other room. And all the Magnolias follow her in there. And they're like, oh my god, Grandma, this is so good, oh my god! Mm -hmm. And Weezer's already sitting there like, "Mm -mm, mm mm-mm, mm-mm, ladies, this is not good. This is not exactly great news.
2: Well, ain't you excited? Smile, it increases your face value.
1: And the doctor said Shelby couldn't have children. Yeah, what do they know? I guess she showed them. The doctor said she shouldn't have children. There's a big difference. This baby is not exactly great news. And, like, they're like, oh, well,
0: shit, that sucks, but no matter what happens, we'll be here to support you. the love of women! And the way they all put their hands in the middle like it's a go team time, and they just keep putting them on top of one another. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, Then we get the biggest time jump, I think, of the whole movie, because obviously Shelby goes through her pregnancy, Everything goes fine miraculously, yeah. And then we cut to the very first birthday of Shelby and Jackson's baby. He was born on the fourth. Uh, wait a minute. So this means, oh, because she would have had to have been pregnant. Oh, okay. So that does make sense. What? What? What are you doing over there? Okay, so she was pregnant. She was impregnated. Um, sorry. She would have had to have conceived like around. October, November. Yeah, somewhere in there. For that child to be born on the 3rd of July. Yeah. And then a year later, you know. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. It would be the year after next from where we started. Yeah, good. I'm glad you're doing better with the math over born there. Born on the 3rd of July. Math, 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 <laughs> math, math, math. math.
2: <laughs> He's a
3: Yankee Doodle
2: sweetheart. He's a Yankee Doodle boy. He Yankee, Yankee Doodle went to, went to London forever. just to ride the ponies. He is a Yankee Doodle boy. <laughs> Hey, blow it out,
0: buddy. When they're singing Born on the 3rd of July to him, he's so cute, Jackson Lettree Jr. I'm actually kind of shocked they're singing Yankee Doodle. I know, I not in Louisiana. <laughs> And little Jack Jr. is so friggin' cute. I can't stand it. That gorgeous little toe-headed child. God bless him. is off to Truvy's to get her hair done, and Shelby decides to go with because she wants to have her gorgeous mane of brown hair chopped all the way off. And, like, I get it. She's a new mom. Like, being a mom is hard enough without having to worry about your hair. Yeah, and having a lot of, having a lot of hair to hang on to. Yeah, she just wants the full Videl Sassoon. Yeah, okay. Don't want that baby swinging around on your hair. Oh, I can not I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. Not, uh, and listen, when Truvy is done with her hair, I kind of like it. Like it's definitely more hook than runaway bride, yeah, right? Yeah, no, and it's just in time for hook. Hook would be the next year over. So, Yeah. I love that look on her. And like the thing is is that it's obviously a shock. When she gets it all cut off and then Truvy swings her around in the chair to look in the mirror. And she's, like, tearing up a little bit. And yeah. I, I think in that moment she's deciding how she feels about it based on what Malin's reaction is going to be. Yeah. The way she turns to Malin, like, looking at her for, like, approval.
1: Oh, sweetheart, don't. Please don't cry or I will too. I have a strict policy that nobody cries alone in my presence. I love it. And by the way, Anel
0: has evolved yet again. Yeah. She looks completely different yet again. Yet again. It's like she's a Pokemon that keeps evolving every time we get a time skip. Because, you know, before she was all poofy-haired and rowdy, right? So, yeah, the first one was, like, Anel. And then there was a nail (laughs) and now it's a nail yeah you know now she's like kind of dowdy and all like muted right she's now obsessed with god and there's no other way of putting it
1: how long has she been this way since mardi gras she had her choice of going to a bible weekend with her sunday school class or to new orleans with me and two other sinners. well what does a boyfriend have to say sammy's so confused he don't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his butt He says he could deal with another man in her life, but he's having trouble with the
0: Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The way Truvy explains it, they all went to New Orleans, her, Annelle, and a couple of her other friends. For Mardi Gras. Yeah, for Mardi Gras. And that trip just must have went super sideways. We do not get specifics, but it must have been one of those trips, like, from The Hangover... No, there's nothing like a Nola Mardi Gras to make you find God. I mean, I guess. Like, you know, our you know we have a dear friend who lived in Louisiana for a long time. Uh, has a grandmother that still lives in Nola. Yeah. Hearing our friend's grandmother tell us about a Mardi Gras celebration spilling onto an interstate. Oh, no. Chasing a chicken. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. A bunch of drunk people chasing a chicken across a federal highway. Like, I... I <laughs> I can't. So now Anel has found God and she's praying all the time, dropping down to pray at any little thing. Also, yeah, guys, Anel's lost on me from here on. From here until the end, Anel's lost on me. Yeah. You... I do not care what Anel is doing. I do not <laughs> care where Anel is at. Weezer shows up in overalls with bags of tomatoes for all the other magnolias. She's full of colorful commentary as ever.
1: Weezer, you almost almost it. Why are you in such a good mood? You run over a small child or something? Tomatoes. Uh, why don't you give all these to me? Somebody's got to take them. I hate them. I try not to eat healthy food if I can possibly help it. The sooner my body gives out, the better off I'll be. I can't get enough grease into my diet. Then why do you grow them? Because I'm an old southern woman and we're supposed to wear funny looking hats and ugly clothes and grow vegetables in the dirt.
0: Uh, She has all the best lines. I know. I I can't. It's not fair. I know. It's it's really not fair to the other actors. (laughs) Like, Ah, Oh my God. Truvy is in the middle of giving Shelby a manicure and she pulls her sleeves up to do it. And she sees all these blown-out veins in Shelby's arms. And it's...
3: Uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's about to get uncomfy. Uh... I know. I know. This is the beginning of the end. <laughs> Because the doctors have been trying to strengthen Shelby's veins ahead of an operation she needs to have. She's been on dialysis forever. Uh, She's just now revealing this. Yeah, I know. Uh, She needs a kidney transplant because just like her mother thought, having the baby was too rough on her system and blew out her kidneys. How long do you have to wait
1: for one? Well, there are people on dialysis that have been waiting for years. That must be agony. I suppose, but I'm lucky I don't have to wait anymore. Mama's gonna give me one of her kidneys. When?
0: We check in tomorrow morning. She's going to have a transplant, and Melin is going to give her a kidney. Yeah. The way she just casually says that, and then the rest of the Magnolias like all turn and look at Melin at the same time. Well, shit. (laughs) and like it's just it's just i can't even imagine that i know milan must already feel a sense of satisfaction that she was fucking right but at the same time is devastated that now her kid has to go through this yeah and now she's gonna give her a kidney like that is just the most one of the most selfless things you can do for somebody else because like yeah guys you can live with one kidney it's not like it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, like your whole life changes after that. Women got that selfless love. Mm-hmm. I love the scene. We'll go through this super quick because I know you don't like Annelle right now. But I love the scene where Anel and Sammy are at home and she's going to cook dinner for the Eatontons so that they have something to eat while Shelby and Melinda are in the hospital. And she's mad at him for keeping beer in her fridge because God doesn't like the beer, right? Well, it's a sin. Yeah. <laughs> and she's crying cracking beers and dumping it out on the front porch.
1: Oh, nail for Christ's sakes. Who? Christ. Who did you say? Christ, Christ, Christ. Are you speaking of our Lord? Is that whose name you're taking in vain?
2: That's the one.
1: Oh, well, I am sorry, Sammy, but I'm not about to spend the next 50 years of my life with someone who I'm not gonna run into in the hereafter. Aw, oh, Nell, no. god damn it.
0: I also love that little scene where they're all in church talking about Owen and Weezer's little love affair? Because Weezer never comes to church, right? No. But now she's coming to church because Owen's singing in the church choir. Yeah, yeah, and the winking. Oh, she winks at him before she sits down. Not the winking. (laughs) They're doing it, Ross. Stop. They are doing it. No, they're not. (laughs) The way Clary
1: is teasing her. I can report that the Sherwood Flores delivery truck stops by her house at least twice a week. He knows I like fresh flowers and I can report that a strange car is parked in her garage at least once a week. There my secret is out. I am having an affair with a Mercedes Benz. Meanwhile,
0: Shelby and Malin are both in surgery. And the Eatonton men and the rest of the Magnolias are in the waiting room, wringing their hands. When you could smoke in a hospital. I have that exact same note! Oh I was God. like, this is back when you could smoke in hospitals. I cannot believe that, as late as 1989, <laughs> you could smoke in hospitals. People were, you know what, that you carry? You, people were smoking in the hospital you were born in. Uh, Can you believe that? I can't actually. Oh my God. And the doctor comes out and tells them that everything went fine it all went off without a hitch like that was when the first time i watched this that was when i expected it to go downhill right yeah and uh don't worry uh there's plenty of time left for that to happen it still will it still will oh god now we're in october and truvie is throwing a wedding shower for a with a halloween theme i love it I know, let's put a little Satan in Anel's life <laughs> Let's put a little bit more sin back into her life, you know Oh no, speaking of putting sin back in her life They're opening gifts And Anel pulls out this uh, bedroom set That's like a silky tank top And crotchless panties Go Anel <laughs> Weezer got her crotchless panties You wanna find God? Put a pair of those on and talk
1: to Sammy Like Weezer, what? I'd recognize his pitmanship anywhere. Mm. You have the handwriting of a serial killer. (laughs) Now, I just thought Sammy wouldn't mind you reading the Bible in bed as long as you were wearing something inspirational. (laughs) Yuck, yuck, yuck. Put down split
0: crotch. Everyone's getting their hair done in Truvy's salon. And this might be my favorite scene of dialogue, mainly for the back and forth between Clary and Weezer. Yeah, it's the Weezer. It's always the Weezer for me. This is my favorite Weezer scene. Because we- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking about the band. I know. <laughs> I know. Me too. Me too. I can't name a single Weezer song, though. Ooh, something just like Buddy Holly. Ooh something, Mary Tyler Moore. Isn't that Weezer? I I do love, okay. I don't know anymore. Even though I can't pick out Weezer songs, I love the covers of Weezer by Carl Weezer. Yeah, it's pretty great. But then there's this Weezer Which is Shirley MacLaine and French. Weezer is reclined in the beauty chair, getting her upper lip waxed by a nail. And she's going back and forth with Clary about how she doesn't need any more culture in her life. Right? Yeah, because Clary's like, oh, we should take a theater trip to New York, see all the big plays. (laughs) She's like, I don't see plays because I can nap at home for free. I don't go see movies because they're all trash with nothing but naked people in them.
1: And I don't read books because if they're any good, they're going to make them into a miniseries. You know, you would be a much more contented, pleasant person if you would find ways to occupy your time. I am pleasant? Damn it! I just saw Drum eating in this morning at the Piggly Wiggly and I smiled at the son of a bitch for I could help myself. I am pleasant! Damn it! Just the way she goes,
3: I
0: feel that in my bones. I feel it so hard. Yeah, cause you, yeah. You pick on me for it all the time. Well, Carrie, you can be rather unpleasant. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I- uh, I'm like, I am pleasant? <laughs> I'm pleasant? Damn it! Like anytime I'm not giving Carrie-Anne enough credit. Like anytime I'm like, you're being a bitch. <laughs> Carrie-Anne always comes back at me with, I'm pleasant, damn it! <laughs> Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carrie Ann McMichael, this to this. I'm pleasant. Damn it. I saw Drum eating in the Piggly wimpy this morning. And I smiled at the son of a bitch. <laughs> oh man, she's like shit. <laughs> I know it's that's fun. Even- that's like the last big bit of fun in the rest of the movie. I was getting ready to say, have you got all your belly laughs out? Because it's time for the laughter to disappear. I need y'all to hold on to your butts because Uh, this part... (coughs) This part... (laughs) Sorry. This part happens so fast, I get emotional whiplash from it, right? Yeah, it's bad. Because... Shelby is at home with Jack Jr. He's in his cute little clown Halloween costume. She's getting ready to take him trick-or-treating. And she goes to pick him up and stand up with him, and she struggles, she almost drops him.
1: There we go, and we'll zip you up, and we'll go trick-or-treating right after dinner, and let's go in and make some spaghetti. Ah, ah, oh, oh, Jack. Okay. Yes. Let's let's go call
0: Daddy, okay? Yeah. And then she can't get back up off the patio, and she's literally trying to crawl back inside while trying to keep Jack Jr. calm. Like, Mommy's fine, Mommy's fine. Let's go call Daddy. Let's go call Daddy. Uh And... Guys, she doesn't get to the phone because when Jackson comes home, dinner is boiling over on the stove. Jack Jr. is sitting by himself in the middle of the floor and he's screaming for mommy. I can't stand it. And like Jackson's picking him up and carrying him around like, Shelby, where are you? And you can see, I don't know how they got this kid to do this but this little boy is pointing.
3: Yeah. He's pointing like
0: Mommy's over there. He can't articulate it, but he's pointing. Mommy's over there.
3: What? 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 Shelby. Shelby! Shelby! Okay, buddy. okay, okay. Right. Shelby! Okay, baby, just Shelby,
0: baby. Shelby? Jackson finds her passed out over the phone on the back patio, completely unresponsive. She's in a coma. She's in a diabetic coma. Oh my God. Well, it's not a diabetic coma. It's not? She has an infection. Oh. From the kidney transplant that has entered her central nervous system. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this is re- this is worse than I thought somehow. It is worse, yeah. And we cut to the hospital, and she's on a respirator. It's breathing for her, completely non-responsive. It's life support. She's on life support. And everyone is standing around really sad and really confused. And, Ross, this is the part where I am going to have to try real hard not to cry for the first time because, you know, obviously she's in the hospital for a long time. They don't get specific about how long, but it is at least a matter of weeks, I feel like. And the whole time she's there, Ross, Malin never leaves her side. And she's trying all the different ways to get her to wake up. Like she's in her face going, come on, come on, sit up and argue with me. I know you want to. Or showing her the picture of Jack Jr. Yeah. And talking about when they took that picture.
1: There's the one where you're holding him and you're looking at him and he's looking at you and then y'all looked over at me, remember? Open your eyes, Shelby, open your eyes. Open your eyes, look at him. He wants you to open your eyes, Shelby. He
0: wants you to open, open your eyes. Yeah, it's really fucking awful. I was, I was sobbing. Like I, like I was in the hospital for five days once, and my mother never left my side. And like, I, it, it makes me—it's
3: that selfless love.
0: Baby. Yeah, it's—it's it's the love of women. Oh, Boy and like oh it just it just gets worse and worse because they exhaust all treatment options all medical avenues and Jackson as Shelby's husband makes the decision to turn the respirator off cuz she's not coming out of it no she's not she's base i mean she's not a vegetable which i hate that term but like it- But she's just never going to, even if she did wake up. She was probably oxygen deprived for so long. Yeah, and her nervous system is completely fried. Yeah, and you can't have a nervous system transplant. And so they turn the machines off and everybody is standing around just slowly watching Shelby slip away. The beeping. The beeping of the machine, of the heart monitor, is so sad because it just go slowly away. this part, not even because I loved Shelby so much. Like, Shelby was great, but she's not, like, my favorite. I I just can't imagine what Malin's going through because she knew something like this could and would happen. And she did it anyway. Yeah, and because because Shelby wanted to be happy. Yeah. And she wanted Shelby to be happy. And it just killed her. Yeah. It literally just killed her. She had to watch it happen in slow motion. And even though her only daughter has just died. Poor Malin goes immediately into action mode. She goes out into the waiting room, tells Drum which funeral home to call, tells Jackson which outfit to pick out for her burial.
1: Jackson. you can gonna have to get her pink suit. The one with the little red cherries on the pail. Where's Jack Jr.? Aunt Ferns. She looks at
0: Jackson and goes, where's Jack Jr.? And he goes, she's at Aunt Ferns. And he's not even done saying the words Aunt Ferns before she is off like a shot down that hallway. I actually didn't even, I didn't cry at the death, because obviously I knew it was coming. But like, when I did start crying was when she goes to get the baby. Yeah, because she drives all the way out to the swamp to Aunt Fern's to pick up Jack Jr. And it's that baby running towards his grandma. And that baby has no idea that his mommy is not here anymore. He's got the biggest smile on his face, just toddling towards her. And she is somehow composed. Yeah. In this moment. You can't be upset. And pretends to be happy to see him. Like, <laughs> well, I'm sure she is happy to see him, but, but like, like, yeah. I mean, she's not happy. Okay. Yeah, I know. Oh. It's it's really rough. <laughs> it's extremely rough. I cried on the way here, Carrie, Like oh. thinking about it. Like, oh, man. Ugh. We arrive on the day of Shelby's funeral, and Truvy's closing the shop, getting ready to go. And literally, for the first time in this entire movie... Dupps turns into Spud again. Yeah, Spud has decided... <laughs> Thank you for the giggle. Yeah. <laughs> Spud has decided for the first time in this entire movie that he actually wants to go someplace yeah. with her. Spud's giving a shit. Yeah.
2: I feel sorry for him, you know? I mean, especially Jackson. Losing Shelby like that. <laughs> Something like that ever happened to me, I don't
1: know... I don't know what i do. Thing like this just doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. I just keep thinking about what an nail says. The Lord works in mysterious ways.
0: What I find terrible is that it took Shelby dying to get Spud to stop having the emotional hide of a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> because he knows he could lose his wife someday, too. And then that's what he tells Dolly Parton. Yeah. Sorry, Truvy. <laughs> that is what he tells his wife, Dolly Parton. Sorry, Truvy. Yeah, he's like, that could happen to me. That could happen to me, and I'd like to come to the funeral with you. Yeah, he's going to... We, we're given the impression that he's going to stop taking her for granted from here on out. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the cemetery... And everyone is walking away from the gravesite, except Malin, which I'm not gonna sob again. I know. because She's not gonna leave her side even in death, right? She's not walking away from that casket. And all the other Magnolias see her standing there, and they stay behind, too. And Malin is definitely in the anger stage of the grieving process. You can tell by the way she's standing there with her arms crossed. And... By the way, she tries to kill Anel with eye contact when Anel has the nerve to open her mouth and say something really fucking dumb like, you should be grateful that Shelby is with God. I mean, that's not exactly what she says, but like... No, you're right. She says, Milan, it should offer you comfort that Shelby is with her king. Yeah, and Malin's like, well, it fucking doesn't. Like... Oh, man. I'd much rather she was here.
1: Exactly. But
0: Anel is like, listen, I'm sorry.
1: When something like this happens, I pray very hard to make heads or tails of it. And I think that in Shelby's case, she just wanted to take care of that little baby and of you, of everybody she knew. And her poor little body was just worn out. It just wouldn't let her do all the things she wanted to. So she went on to a place where she could be a guardian angel she will always be young she will always be beautiful and i personally feel much safer knowing that she's up there on my side
0: oh Oh. up there on my side i wish heaven was real
1: nice save
0: anel
3: that's my life i said nice save
0: my god and then Malin starts talking about how they were turning the machines off and all the men had to leave the room because they just couldn't watch her die. And Malin stayed until her very last breath. And I think that's kind of where we get the title, right? Because she says something to the effect of men are supposed to be made out of steel or something. But she was the only one who could stay and watch that happen. She almost said it. She half said it. She She said said half the title of the movie in the movie. (laughs) Yes, she did.
1: (laughs) And then, Ross, this breaks me. I just sat there. I just held Shelby's hand. There was no noise. No tremble. Just peace. I realize, as a woman, how lucky I am. I was there. And that wonderful creature drifted into my life. And I was there when she drifted out. It was the most precious moment of my life. Yikes! <laughs> P.U.
0: Oh, How it- profoundly upsetting. Oh, and it's about to get worse because this next section is where Sally Field... Really lets the full range of her acting chops fly. Unhinged Sally. Unhinged Unhinge Sally. Sally. Unhinged Unhinge Sally. Sally. Like, she's so angry that her daughter is dead and cannot live out the rest of her years with her. And there are these lines where you start to hear the Sybil come out. Yeah, I know. Like from the movie, where she's like, No, no, this wasn't supposed to happen. She's like, I wanna know why. I wanna know why my daughter is dead. Like, why is, was this what was supposed to happen?
1: It's not supposed to happen this way. I'm supposed to go first. I've always been ready to go first. I, I don't think I can take this. I don't think I can take this. I, I just want to hit somebody until they feel as bad as I do. I just want to hit something. I want to hit it hard!
0: <laughs> and I get it. This is one of the worst things. That can happen in someone's life. We're not supposed to outlive our children. It's against the natural order of things. Like Theoden and Two Towers. No parent should have to bury their child. Oh. I know. I know. I'm, I'm making it worse. I'm Where sorry. Is Where
3: is Where <sighs> is my son?
0: son. Oh, and then he's crying. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm going to move on. And listen, I got to love Clary in this moment. Because she, it's just getting too tense for Clary. Yeah, no, sa- d- um... This M- is why you're Clary for me, because when... M- Yeah, Malin needs to, Malin wants to hit something. <laughs> and Clary grabs a sobbing Weezer by the shoulder. Here, hit
3: this. <laughs> this. Go
1: ahead, Malin. Slop her. Are you crazy? Hannah! Are you high, Clary? Clary, have you lost your mind? We'll sell t-shirts saying I slapped Weezer Boudreaux. Hannah! Miss Clary, enough. Weezer, this is your chance to do something for your fellow man. Oh. Knock her lights out, Melania! go of me! you just missed a chance of a lifetime. Half a chickapin parish will give the eye teeth to take a whack of Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> And Malin doesn't do it. The whole thing just kind of makes her
0: break down in giggles. It's, it's the here, hit this for me. <laughs> Not hit her. Hit this. <laughs> you just gave up the opportunity of a lifetime, Malin. Half a chickapin parish would give their right teeth to take a whack at Weezer. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, God. We're almost done, and I'm so happy about it. I know. I'm tired of feeling this shitty and sad over a fictional event. Okay. Well, not even a fictional event, because I'm just now remembering in this moment that this actually happened to Robert Harling's sister. Yeah. And I'm upset again. Yeah. Uh, we're at the Eatontons afterwards. Everyone's at least feeling a little better. It's kind of feeling more like a celebration of life as opposed to a wake now, right? Yeah. And uh, Malin is pushing Lil' Jack Jr. on the swing. And this is where Anel comes over. And I swear to God, did you miss this announcement? The fact that she is pregnant? That's what I'm saying. The, the whole Anel arc goes disestablished for the rest of the film after the wedding, like, you know, like... Like, maybe maybe the reason we didn't know that prior to this is because it's not really the best time to share really good news like that. I mean, it is established, you know, her marriage, her getting pregnant, those things are established. They're just not established in detail. And so you forget about it. Uh, Yeah. But Annel comes over to Melin pushing the baby
1: on the swing, and she goes, I don't know if this is the right time or place, but I wanted to tell you that Sammy and I have decided if this baby's a girl, we'd like to name it Shelby, since she was the reason we met in the first place. If you don't mind. Shelby would love that. I'm tickle pink.
0: Uh, now that's fucking sweet. Oh, I'm tickled pink, Malin says. Oh, pink. I have an aneurysm thinking about all that pink. Oh. <laughs> and then we get our final time jump. Cut to nine months later. So that we can be back at Easter? Yeah, I love how this movie ends the way it begins on Easter Sunday. It's like a cycle of life type of thing, right? And we see Spud and Truvy in the truck. They're pulling up to the curb in town across from the park where the Easter egg hunt is happening. And guys, I don't know how he did it, but Spud managed to scrape together enough money so Truvy could open a second shop.
3: Yeah.
2: Open them up. (sighs)
3: chain! Oh, Sp- oh no. mm. I'm a chain! <laughs> <laughs> She's so excited!
0: Tumble out of bed and stumble <laughs> to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition. <laughs> I oh, I love it. She's working nine to five. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, we see Weezer and Owen are still together, which is adorable. I love that he's able to put up with her just in general. It kind of reminds me of my own relationship, but we won't dwell on that. Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And Anel is super pregadante. She's about to pop. It's time. Yeah, and she's also mellowed out, right? She's not. Su- thank God. Yeah, I know. She's not super. Literally, thank God. She's not super into the big man upstairs anymore. I'm sure she is, but she's not being, like, militant about it. You the know what King? I'm saying? Yeah, the king. The king? The king. Not Elvis. The king, our god. Mm. She's forcing Sammy to dress up as the Easter bunny for the kids. (laughs) That big, scary Easter bunny suit. That's how people develop scary. That's how people. (laughs) That's how people develop scaries. (laughs) (laughs) I have the scaries for mascots. That's how people develop phobias for mascots. That's all I'm saying. I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I I do, do, I do, do, I do, do, I do, I do, I do. And you guessed it. Annelle's water breaks at the Easter egg hunt. Now that's creepy. I know, right? And you want to know why? Why? Because guys, this is also where we learn that Anel is carrying the second coming of Jesus Christ. Ross McMichael. I'm sorry, that was a lie. That is not part of the the, the narrative. I thought you were going to say it was creepy because what if it's, what if it's, what if... What if it shall be reincarnated? Well, that took a long time. I just shut up. Nine months. Like, come <laughs> on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of like Trisha Paytas' baby being the reincarnation of Queen Elizabeth II. No. Despite the fact that baby was not born on the day Queen Elizabeth died. <laughs>
3: anyway. Oh, honey, it's okay. It's okay. Women have babies every day. Melinda, Jonathan, quick. Get that Easter bunny over here now. Hey, Tommy, we're sick. He's over there. God, what's what's, what's going the on? matter? What's Oh my god! She's gonna
0: have a baby. Go get a doctor! A do- help! A doctor! Her this way! This way! But yeah, like it's an again, the whole cycle of life thing. Yeah, we lost Shelby, but, but now we have Shelby too. Yeah, Shelby Two. <laughs> Sorry. Can you imagine if they named that baby Shelby 2? <laughs> Shelby de DeSoto. Oh, it's a cute name. Mm-hmm. It is also just really funny because they put Annelle in Spud's truck and they start driving off to the hospital. Meanwhile, Sammy, who's just been with the kids, has to jump on the back of Louie's motorcycle. And the last shot of the movie <laughs> <laughs> is it, Louie on the motorcycle with the Easter Bunny on the back. Yeah. Following the truck all the way to the hospital. <laughs> Well, guys, that was stale Mongolians. Stop. Sorry, Steel mangoes. I hate this bit. Mongolia? <laughs> Steel magnolias. Steal the mangoes. Oh, okay, I, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> you did need to pet me up there a little bit. That's a powerful one, Carrie. That's a very powerful one. I love that movie so much. The strength, like already the title steel magnolias yeah not only the beauty of these women like the magnolia but the strength the strength the steel strength in their bones and the way they fortify each other in the face of tragedy and adversity even though this might not be true uh, historically, uh, this is why women are more powerful than men. <laughs> really? I mean, regardless of how we see the patriarchy persist even today, mm-hmm. it I believe that it is always true that women are more powerful than men, just inherently, in their energies. Because they are the blueprint for all of us. Women are the blueprint for all of us. Wow. We all originated as women. Yeah. And that's why love is already the most powerful thing on Earth. But the love of women is the most powerful thing on Earth, yeah. which is a statement I think this film makes very clear. And like it's just it's it, it's never a bad time, even though, you know that Julia Roberts is going to die and Sally Field is going to sob and you're going to sob because Sally Field is sobbing. And Annell's going to be annoying. and y- Yeah, even though you know all that's going to happen, it's not the least bit boring anytime I watch it. It's never like an old thing. It's always somehow new for me. Yeah, it's it's not like, oh, Steel Magnolias. It's like, oh, Steel Magnolias is on. You yeah, know, like, oh my God. Or like when you're flipping through something to watch and you see, oh, Steel Magnolias is on here, you know? Oh, like, we're so doing Steel Magnolias right now. Oh my God. Uh, it's one It's one of the last great films of the 80s. Yeah. You know, like... Can you believe? I can. Uh. Like, literally right at the end of the 80s. Yeah. And then, like... And then... I, I just think it's crazy that... it. I think it's also cool because it's kind of an intergenerational film. You know, you have actresses like Olympia Dukakis and Sally Field and uh, Shirley MacLaine, who all kind of came from the previous acting generation. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Julia Roberts and Daryl Hannah who are kind of the uh, newbies the newbies mm-hmm. and then it, that just goes so much further to fostering the support they have for one another because the older ladies have all the experience and the younger ladies have all the piss and vinegar of being young I never underestimate the power of a matriarchy oh my god elephants live in matriarchies why can't we I'm sorry to bring the royal family into this how dare you I know I'm so sorry but I mean think about it this way you know, Edward the Eighth abdicated, King George the Sixth died. <laughs> Who was left? Queen Elizabeth, her sister Princess Margaret, their mother, Queen Elizabeth, and her mother in law, Queen Mary. <laughs> the matriarchal monarchy. The Windsors were literally a matriarchy for the time after the war, up until basically the Queen's death. I like, I think it's also proof that it's not like women can't screw things up. But no, uh, oh, no, yeah, women have done horrible things <laughs> in history. I'm not denying that. But like what, in what, this movie, they did not. Last episode when you were like, I support women's rights and, and women's wrongs. I do support women's rights and women's <laughs> wrongs. But <laughs> well, yeah, no, guys, that is just a that is just a fave. Yeah, that is just a fave of ours. And yes. We are 55-year-old white women living in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) And not a 30- and 26-year-old pair of siblings. (laughs) Opposite-gender pair of siblings. (sighs) Oh, my God. Mm. All right, guys. Women's month is almost over. It's almost there, but we got another week. And what a week! (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm excited! He's vibrating over there. I love this movie. I know. Oh, I love this movie! I know. This movie fills you with the same kind of uh, vigorous energy that (laughs) Steel Steel Magnolias does. So in week one, we examined kind of a very toxic female relationship in Heavenly Creatures. And then last week in uh, the First Wives Club, we examined a... uh, Teamwork. Team, yeah, kind of teamwork element between women to uh, take vengeance on those that have wronged them. (laughs) And then, you know, this week we examined, you know, the power of the love of women. And and the support network. And the support network that comes from that. But uh, next week is just going to be pure fucking nonsense. (laughs) And I can't wait. I have not seen this movie in a long time. I think I think the last time I saw it was when it came out, and I don't remember preferring it, so I'm actually kind of excited to watch this again. Guys, next week, we will be covering the 2011 Kristen Wiig Masterpiece. Oh, boy. Bridesmaids! There is a colonial woman on, on the wing. She's turning butter. She's turning butter. There's something they're not telling us. <laughs> we really should have guests for this, and I'm kind of sad that we're not gonna. <laughs> It's chaotic enough in here. Are you we, kidding me? We need, to, we need to do something like kicking and streaming re-examined. Yeah. You know, like where we have people on. We don't have to talk about the whole movie again, but like <laughs> we'll have to talk about the things we love with guests from stuff we've already done. Like, So look out for Bridesmaids next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. You can listen to the recording at the beginning. <laughs> okay, fine. K I C <laughs> K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. Anytime now, you can write. <laughs> That's with an and, not an ampersand. Please be practicing the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, <sighs> retweet. I I'm sorry. You're so fussy that I make you do this every time. Uh, Rate, review, Rutabaga. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. Uh, And don't forget to check out the Patreon, guys. I'll post the link in the description this time. I swear to God I'll remember this time. It's $5. I know. That's $60 a year. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a lie. It's $55 a year because you don't get charged for January. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, Sorry Mom!